sports fans, thanks for stopping by. I'm Hosk, and Andy Dalton is who we thought he is. I'm Jones, and I still hate the Pats. I'm Kudo, and I like tacos. Let's get into sports and stuff. What are we talking about? I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. Or not. Ball into the wild of it is pretty shocking. Just a bit outside. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. Catch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Sidney Crosby, the golden goal. It's funny to meet you. Screw up. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Hey, guys. So producer Pat and I were talking about his underwear again. Um, but this time it was different. It was actually good news about them. He got these ridiculously comfortable underwear that are three times softer than cotton. And they feature fun patterns, including everyone's favorite, Baby Yoda. Here's the cool part, though. He's hooking us and our listeners up with a sweet deal. Simply go to getcomfy.in slash v slash into sports and stuff to save 20% off your first order of MeUndies. That's getcomfy.in slash v slash into sports and stuff. Check out the link in the show notes. On tonight's episode, we're talking about the World Series. Jumbo Joe coming home. Another Zamboni driver going down in a blaze of glory. Week 7 of the NFL has a battle of the undefeated. Hosk wins the survivor pool. Big Brother is down to the final four. And last, probably least, we're ending the show with our rare stakes. This is Intersports and Stuff. So guys, we're we're here. We're into the World Series. Uh, we had a great weekend of baseball. Uh, game 7 in both the ALCS and the NLCS. You know, I was a little nervous that I was going to go uh, 0-7 in elimination games, or was it 0-6, something like that. But I ended up 1-4 or 1-5, however it ended up. Thank God the Rays were able to advance. But um, we ended up with the Rays and the Dodgers in the uh, in the World Series. Uh, just as Uncle Luch predicted, uh, Rays and Dodgers. Game 2 underway as we speak. Dodgers took Game 1. Um, any takes from the weekend of baseball, and uh, what do you think for the World Series? I think uh, TV companies and a lot of baseball fans are really upset that the uh, the Rays beat the Astros. I think uh, a lot of people would have liked to see a rematch and uh, just to see what might have happened between the, uh, the cheating Astros and the Dodgers. Yeah, I would have really liked to see Joe Kelly against the Astros. Again, that would have been awesome. Great TV if that happened. Yeah, I, I agree. And the Dodgers, they put up a good fight. They showed that they are uh, a legitimate baseball team uh, despite the, the cheating scandal. But uh, I'm happy the Rays were able to to pull it out. They've got such a you know unique makeup of their team and you know the, just such an underdog story that it's you know it's great for the game and in my opinion for them to be succeeding. Um, you know, they're 20... I, I don't know how many how many guys they're including in this, whether it's their 25-man roster or the 28-man roster, but uh, their payroll is like $28 million. Yeah. Dodgers and Kershaw and Betts, $26 million. So it's, you know, good on these guys. Like, Oh, yeah, showing a lot of fight, a lot of heart. It's the, uh, it's the new money ball. Yeah, it just shows. It's such a waste because that, that team is so good at, you know, developing and finding players. Um, and then they just have to trade them so that they can get the next crop of prospects and, and develop those guys to, to keep keep playing. And it, it's it's amazing that they're they're up at the top of the standings every year, considering how, 
you know, how little commitment they get from ownership and, you know, how small their payroll is compared to the rest of the league. Um, it's just, you know, pretty amazing that, that they're able to, to do it. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame that they're wasting it in Tampa Bay with no fans, and no, um, no ownership willing, willing to put money into them. Yeah. They, uh, I think having no fans that ever go to the ballpark, it's like you watch a game on TV and you can basically hear a pin drop in their stadium and it uh, and it doesn't help with uh, their uh, the ownership wanting to put money on the team and uh, sign these guys to long term deals, right? Yeah, for sure. It's it's you know they gotta they they gotta figure it out whether they move them to Montreal. I know they talked about this um, hybrid scenario where they play half the season in Montreal, half the season in Tampa Bay, um, just so that they don't violate their lease, but. You know, I don't see that really working for for quality of life for the players. So who who really knows? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be uh, traveling like back and forth between Montreal and Tampa Bay. Um, although they'd probably get a full house in Montreal, so it would be beneficial to the owners, I think. But the players be like they'd have to have two homes, and do you move your family when you're going from Montreal to Tampa Bay? Like, what what do you do, right? Yeah, it's it's a different story to having forty home games compared to having two exhibition games in Montreal. So who knows what the turnout would actually be like for them on a regular basis? You know that they were struggling with fan support. You know when they moved to Washington. So true. I, I do think they would get fan support, but I don't think you know definitely more fans than they're getting in the stands in Tampa Bay. But uh, who who really knows at the end of the day whether it, you know what the implications of the Canadian dollar. Uh, would be on the, on that franchise as well. It would be like a yeah, road game for them if they played in Montreal a bunch of times, wouldn't it? It wouldn't really feel like a home game for them, considering the traveling they'd have to do from Tampa to Montreal. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure if uh, the Jays were able to play home games in uh, in Buffalo and make them feel like home, then you know it'd be pretty comparable to that um, that scenario. Charge. What do you guys think of Kershaw's performance last night? You know, he came through. He had a, you know, it didn't necessarily need to be his, at his best because he got a lot of uh, offensive support, but he had a, you know, pretty solid, uh, pretty solid start last night. Well, I heard. I think before going into last night's game, he had an ERA of like five or something like that, over five. So uh, to pitch the way he did last night is probably good for his confidence because I'm sure he'll get out there probably one more time. If as long as the series goes more than what four or five games, because they've got an off day tomorrow. Kershaw actually has like the worst uh, career postseason ERA in history. <laughs> it's uh four point thirty one, and that's the worst in history. That's what they got here. For, that's with uh, a minimum of a hundred innings pitched. Well, this is before last night's game. That doesn't even seem like that bad of an ERA for a hundred innings pitched in the postseason. Yeah, but apparently it's one of the worst. What do you guys think of uh, Mookie Betts? Have you guys seen what he's done? Oh, he's definitely he he's definitely getting the money. Yeah, the guy's unbelievable. He probably went and bowled a three hundred game after last night, and uh, I think he has. We've talked about this before, I believe. He's a two sport athlete. Yes, he is. But he's definitely worth all the money. I think the he shows that, and he's been showing that late, recently in the postseason. Like he can hit bombs, make incredible catches. And he can also steal bases. 
Uh, like his defense, he made a he made a game changing catch in game five, six, and seven. The NLCS there. You know, if he doesn't make if he doesn't make those plays, I don't know that the Dodgers win those series. Oh, probably not. Uh, any other takes uh, from the World Series here? Who who do we got? Who who's you guys on in the in the finals? I'm on the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, seeing as I had them in the World Series. Didn't have them winning, but I had them there, so I'll take the Rays. You should have took the Rays to win in the World Series originally. Yeah, but... it looks a lot better than my New York Mets. No, I was going to take the Mets. I thought they were playing here, but uh, I was wrong. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to take the Rays. I just like uh, a good underdog story. Uh, hopefully... Hopefully they they can hoist a trophy. Uh, Rosarina's playing out of his mind. Um, guy was unknown basically coming into the season. Uh, so hopefully he can uh, hit a couple home runs this series and uh, set that major league record for most uh, most home runs in a postseason. What does he need? Like two more, I think. Yeah, he needs one to tie, two to two to set it. Yeah. Corey Seager, yeah. I think, is only three back, so he, you know, he was swinging a pretty hot bat, so he's he could threaten as well, but he's got some work to do. Yeah, and uh, I've got the Dodgers, considering I had them winning the World Series before the season started. Yeah, just jumping on Uncle Lucha's coattails and riding them to the end, eh? Kudo, well, fucking right, he's a smart really man. On, Kudo really went out on the limb, eh, this year, picking the Dodgers and Yankees in the World Series. Just really, hey! I almost had it. Almost bet, had it. Bet, betting favorites at the start of the year. Don't forget, he had the Red Sox making the playoffs. Well, yeah, it's true. But it takes the betting favorites in the uh, the World Series. Like, really went out hey. on a limb. Hey, Jones had the Mets in the World Series, so you really want to go there? I, but I also oh. had the Blue Jays making the playoffs. Kudo. Yeah, but I didn't. And Hoskins did the Blue Jays make the playoffs. Yes, they did. I had. Uh... I had the Mariners. Yeah. Exactly. So you got to trip me. Also, you guys all have certain picks that are pretty shitty too. I also picked the New York Jets to win the uh, uh, the AFC East. So let's see how that one plays out. <laughs> it's looking pretty good, I think. Lots of football left. Lots of football left. Uh, Kudo, you got a fun fact for us this week? Yes, I do. And it's our boy Mookie Betts. Kudo. Fun facts. He is the second player in history with a home run and two steals in a World Series game. And the first player in MLB history to win free tacos for America twice. Yes, that's right. Free tacos. Because apparently uh, Taco Bell, they got this uh, promo, which is steal a base, steal a taco. So if someone steals a base in the World Series, Taco Bell gives everyone in the United States one free taco. And this is not the first time Betts has done that. Because he's done it again. He did it again in 2018. When he was with the Red Sox. So talking about free tacos, how long would you guys stand in line at Taco Bell for a free taco? All day. You'd wait all day for one free taco? No question. No question. Oh, yeah, because I'm ordering a bunch more, too. <laughs> I can't just eat one taco. Yeah, it becomes a family pack plus one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to order something. Because I'm giving myself like five, ten minutes max, and then I'm out of there. I'll go back the next day and get myself a taco. That's not even the the washroom lineup wait time. (laughs) Is that that, uh, wait time for the washroom like post-taco or pre-taco? Depends. (laughs) Depends who's going. Okay. All right. On that note, 
let's uh, let's pivot over to hockey. That's enough of that. A <laughs> uh, couple stories in the NHL. Not a really you know, big, uh, big week. Uh, free agent signing for the Leafs. Joe Thornton coming home. A uh, bit of a controversial signing, depending who you talk to. Um, I like it. I think it gives them the depth they need up the middle. Um, allows them to move Kerfoot to the wing. Uh, hopefully, it, it you know. Hopefully it, it pays off for them, but you know, for seven hundred thousand, I think it's a good uh, signing. Jones, what do you got for us? What do you think of him playing the wing, Joe T? Yeah, I could see it playing left wing. Jumbo He's Joe. a very good faceoff guy. We could see him taking taking draws and and moving to the wing. I, I I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility. I I see him as a, like say, same thing you said, like go in defensive zone faceoff, take the faceoff. And then switch kind of if if they're in the offensive zone coming back, he take takes the wing and doesn't go down low, mostly because of his like foot speed is not as as well as it used to be. So get him on the wing, he's kind of you know he just got to chip pucks out, kind of hang on to that defenseman, and you're not so much liable, not so much skating around in the defensive zone. And then uh, I think if that happens, you can see him even maybe playing up up in the lineup a little bit. Like, I think I wouldn't be shocked to see him out there at some point with Austin Matthews on the wing. Maybe on the power play? Yeah, they have a lot. Of, no, not on the power play. No? On a five-on-five shift. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of different things they can do with the lineup because they got skill that can play. they got skill that plays, and, and so it can, can play pretty well anywhere in the lineup. Um, it... It'll be interesting to see. I, I can't see him, you know, I see him, like Matthews double shifting and getting out there with Thornton periodically. Um, you know, I, I don't see it as necessarily uh, a regular thing. I can't see, um, I can't see many scenarios where Thornton's playing on the, on the top line or the second line um, on the wing in a regular capacity. I think they have um, better wingers that can, can, can step in there. I'd, I'd say maybe Jimmy VC is somebody that's more likely to compete for for top line minutes on the on the wing. Uh, but I, I think they have, like I just love the moves they've made. I think it gives them a lot more depth. It gives them gives them grit. It gives them experience. Uh, gives them still the playmakers. You know they're a little slower, but I you know I don't think they're I don't think they're that slow. I don't think that you know they ha- they're not going to be able to put line line combos together could roll your eyes all you want if you don't have Paul Byron <laughs> well they brought in a lot of leadership I'll give them that like do you think they brought these guys in to help out the younger guys and the maturity level maybe with like Marner and Nylander and Matthews because maybe they're not ready they to be them to, to be vocal. I think they brought in vocal leaders I think I think a guy like Simmons a guy like Thornton, they're going to speak up in the room. I don't necessarily think that um, that is uh, John Tavares' is, um, character. Forte, as I, you said. I don't know if it's, it's Spezza's uh, Forte either. Uh, so I think they have guys that are going to hold people accountable. I think they're going to be vocal, not just in the dressing room, but on the ice. Oh, um, definitely. Just listening just listening to some of the guys that are behind, between the benches like for Leaf games and stuff like that, they say... 
the the Leaf bench is possibly one of the quietest benches they've ever heard in the NHL. And to have guys like Wayne Simmons and Zach Bogosian on their bench now, they're gonna do there's gonna be a lot of I think there's gonna help the the chirping coming from the bench and being more vocal on the bench and it's might help the team perform a little better too. Yeah, they've probably been really quiet since they lost Matt uh, Matt Martin as well, right? He was one of the big guys who used to run his mouth on the bench and stuff and try to get the guys going. Maybe even Uncle Leo. Yeah, that's that's true, Uncle Leo. Can't forget Uncle Leo. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were a different team then as well. Um, yeah, it's hard to hard to say what they, you know, I'm sure like Hainsey was probably a similar guy as well. Um you know, not necessarily on the ice, but a, a veteran guy in the room. So they, they've done some good things. They, I, I, I like the direction they're going. We'll see. It sounds like they're done. They don't have much cap space left. Um, they're going to have to be creative as it is. So uh, I think they're probably done for the off season unless they can, you know. They just have some guys to resign still. Yeah. Like they just resigned Mikheyev today, and uh, Travis Dermott's a guy that's looking to get resigned. So see what happens with him it is going to be interesting to see what kind of lineups they put together and where these guys well i have a a hypothetical i want to throw out before we sorry sorry to cut you off no problem um our boy uh jones's boy his favorite guy on uh sportsnet uh sid sexero he uh what's wrong with sid is it because he's portuguese you don't like him like you don't like me is that it has nothing to do with him being Portuguese <laughs> and just being downright annoying. So Patrick Line, um, he's a six and a half million dollar player, high high talent guy, has essentially requested a trade out of Winnipeg. His representations come forward and said it would be mutually beneficial for the team and the player if they if he were to move on. Uh, Leafs have Nylander, who's got a similar cap hit. They've got defense, young defensemen like Sandine, Dermott, Lilligren. Do you think that the Leafs would be interested in in swapping uh, Nylander for someone like Wine? I don't see Winnipeg mm-hmm. taking that deal. But if you're getting Dermott and and maybe a another prospect, I wouldn't. You wouldn't for the Leafs, or you wouldn't for the Jets? I wouldn't for the Jets. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I would for the Leafs either. Yeah, you would love him on the Leafs. No, I don't think he's the the type of player that they're like. He can shoot the puck, yeah, I get that, but he's just like all their like he's like all their young guys that they're not really liable in their own zone. Um, you're get getting rid of a young defenseman that you've seen that can play at this level, so I don't know if I'd pull the move if I was the Leafs or the Jets, to be honest. Was Line a, uh he was drafted second behind Matthews, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you'd have the first and second draft picks from that year if that happened. But I don't see the Jets taking that deal. I could see someone like Montreal trying to get in on that deal and making a trade for him, to be honest with you. There's been a lot of rumors of like or at least people saying that the, the Habs should look into that, but it would be interesting, but I feel like he's not that type of player who's good in the in the dressing room. I think he's got a couple of issues and a couple guys don't yeah, like him. I also think the moves Montreal made wouldn't translate to a move for that right now. They Because they'd have to give up young guys up the middle 
They just moved Domi out because they had a log jam up the middle. They brought in wingers. Uh, so is there really a fit there anymore? Um, with Montreal, could definitely use them, but you got to move like Tatar or someone like that. And is that going to be enticing enough for the, you know, Tatar, Mete, and and a prospect? Is that going to be enough, you know, for Winnipeg to want to do that? I, I doubt it. So I, I don't know. I can see them getting rid of Mete, but I don't see them getting rid of Tatar. I feel like they need to keep Tatar there. He's the one who's been putting up points recently with the Habs, so they need to keep that. And the, Line A would be a good fit to get some scoring because the Habs need scoring. Yeah, but if you can do Line A to get your scoring for Tatar. Line is going to put up more points than Tatar would. For sure. I don't know about points, but goals. Yeah. Goals for but sure. That's what they need. They need goal scorers. Yeah. That's like why I'm still hoping that they, they're trying they're trying to get like uh, Hoffman or somebody, but we'll have to see what happens there because Hoffman still isn't signed anywhere. <laughs> haven't heard really who's involved, but the, his agent says he's got offers. So we'll see. He's pretty much the biggest domino left out there. It's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting contracts signed in the next couple of weeks, I think. And don't forget, um, Char's still out there. Char could end up coming down Char's to the Leafs, and then you guys are going to be like the slowest team in the league. Leafs <laughs> can't afford him. Unless he's taking a Joe Thornton 700K deal. Yeah. Okay, you never know for big Z. No move, though. That was, that was the one interesting thing for Joe T is he's got a no move. Um, so he committed to the team at the low, uh, the low rate, but he's uh, but they, they can't move off him without him saying so. So Now, I was wondering, is Duber a, a beard kind of guy? Like, is, is Jumbo going to be allowed to grow that big beard again? Or is he going to have to keep it, like, trimmed? I thought you said beer. A oh, beard. Like- yeah, I, I'm sure he's okay with the beard. He's okay with the beard. I don't think he cares. Uh, you know, I, he's not Lou Lamorello. He's not. Uh, he's not a Steinbrenner. It. You know, he's gonna. If they want to grow a beard, if it's gonna help you play better, you grow a beard. Uh, I'm, I'm certain of that. It's a good thing Kadri's still on the team. He he should put it in no facial hair. Uh, no facial hair rule to protect Matthews and Nylander because they can't grow it. They get ripped <laughs> in the public. Their shitty little stashes and uh, um, and pube beards. But, you know, it's... Uh, um, you know, <laughs> 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 if he wanted to protect his players, they'd have that rule already, but uh, but they don't. So. One, day they'll have, one day they'll be able to grow a beard. One day. It takes time. As soon as they win a play, um, did you guys see a um, couple of, uh, we'll call them, call them some jersey mistakes that happened in the last week. So uh, Adidas had up on their website um, Brady Kachuk's jersey. Brady Kachuk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Brady. Kachuk. Yep. Uh, the Ottawa Senators. And his jersey on the website was sporting the captaincy. Now, Ottawa doesn't currently have a captain, and they haven't officially named Brady Kachuk the captain. So, potentially a bit of a spoiler there by Adidas that, you know, Brady Kachuk could be the next captain of the Ottawa Senators. Interesting move. I could see it happening. I could see them taking Brady Kachuk as their captain. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of leadership. He's probably a vocal guy. Um, You know, the, the other option is the... Shabbat. Yeah, yep. Shabbat. Yep. And who knows? Maybe he's not 
maybe he's not the outspoken leader. Maybe he's he's gonna you know Brady seems to do okay with dealing with the media every day. Um, maybe that's not Shabbat's forte, and you know it's uh, one of those things that uh, you know maybe it's just a logical uh, logical play. Well, either way, I think one of them's going to have the C, and then they're going to have the the other one's going to have the A for sure. Oh yeah, I, I would think so. That's pretty safe. Safe bet for sure. Um, second set of spoilers. Uh, there was a retro jersey for both the Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins um, that has been released and was being sold um, throughout the Asian market. Um, I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing it was released early without uh, without authorization. Probably, um, probably the rejects from the factory or something like that. Yeah, uh, it's it's the uh, the cheap Asian hockey jerseys that you can buy. I'm I'm probably staring at a couple of them in my uh, my recording studio right now. You know, in your closet. Yeah, my closet. <laughs> AKA my recording studio. <laughs> Beautiful in here. Everything I need. But the flames are let to charge. The flames are going back to their retro jerseys anyways. Like no, that was wasn't already the revealed. Jerseys. Oh, was it? Penguins and the Flyers. Oh, the Flyers. Okay, my bad. I thought you said the Flames. Yeah. My bad. It wasn't the Flyers didn't look like a retro. It looked like just like a new Yeah, it's like it's like black and orange. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And then the Pittsburgh jersey was like the 90s Pittsburgh jerseys, but the colors reversed. Like the old school logo? No, like... The logo is the same. Remember when it said Pittsburgh? Yeah. Down the, right down the chest, that one. Oh, okay. But in, in the white instead of the black. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I might have to check that out and get myself a pair. <laughs> I've got one. Actually, yeah, you do. I wore it. The, the one like from the 90s I've got. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure there's uh, photo evidence of me wearing it at your uh, at the place in Beacon Hill. Uh, you're probably correct. Yeah, my, one night. My four-year-old son is wearing it on the ice to do skating lessons right now. That's awesome. So there you go. Uh, World Junior Hockey Championship is confirmed returning. Uh, they're going into the Edmonton bubble. Uh, fans in attendance. Uh, they released the schedule. Um Christmas Day games, I guess, be- only because they probably need that extra day for the tournament uh, because they're only playing at one rink now. So it's probably three or four games a day. Three games a day, I think I saw. Three games, yeah. Um, did you guys see the schedule? What do you think of the, the tournament format and layout? Well, one um, thing I want to point out first is that this is the first time in 21 tournaments that Canada won't be playing on the opening day. They are playing on Boxing Day, which is a staple for Canada. That's correct. They they play every Boxing Day. It's a great tradition to uh, do nothing and watch Team Canada play at the World Juniors. I think it's going to be a bit interesting because, like, for Canada anyways, they're not able to scout their players like they would before the tournament begins. Like, usually the OHL and the WHL, or I guess the CHL is already up and running by now and they're playing games and they're well into their season. Um, yeah, you're not going to have any of the surprise guys like, um, like Nico uh, Dawes. Yeah. The storm goal Nico Dawes last year who got off to a hot start, got invited to the camp yeah. and made the team. Um, 
going to be very interesting this year as well because we don't know what the start date for the NHL is and if they're pushed back um, a lot of these NHL eligible players could be could be available to play in the tournament this year and it could be just a, a starting ground for them on their their season prep so um, guys like uh, Jack Hughes Capo Caco um, Alexis Lafreniere Byfield Quentin Byfield Drysdale. Um, yeah, all, the, all these guys that were early draft picks last year, early draft guys that played in the NHL last year that are still of age um, can play. So it, it could be another one of those, like the Grand Forks tournament in uh, was it 2006, 2007, uh, where you had like Crosby and Phaneuf and Getzlaff Perry because the, the league was on strike. It would have been 05, I believe. 04, 05. Yeah. So – that you know it could be you know we could get a, another really stacked tournament um and it would be interesting because like the german team uh you know if they get all their guys they're gonna you know they're gonna have a good team they're gonna be skating a good team and, and it's really uh last year's tournament was really big for those countries development so this year the uh the pools are all scattered because of some um some upsets in the tournament last year. So in, in Canada's pool, it's, it's Germany, Switzerland, Finland, Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and that's, and then on the other side, it's Russia, USA, Russia, Sweden, Czech Republic, and Austria. Austria. Yeah. So, you know, pretty much nine staple countries now that are there every year. And then kind of that Austria spot, it seems to be the one that's been getting, relegated the last few years um but the swiss and the germans are really coming on with their their hockey programs and you know they're they're putting some good teams on the ice every year so you know becoming a a much more competitive tournament yeah Yeah, it seems like germany and switzerland constantly there recently it'll be it'll be competitive i think you are going to see a lot of nhl players there like the nhl basically said they're eyeing january 1st as a start date but to think that that's going to happen uh, still seems a bit far-fetched to me with just with whatever everything that's going on. Um, and they may even decide, okay, yeah, go go and play because you'll get that much more development. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go and, you know, bring that confidence from that tournament back to the, to the team a week later, right? Yeah. Like, even if you start the NHL season, say January 1st, I think the World Juniors are usually over by, like, the fifth or the seventh so you're gonna miss what two or three games but to think about it you've played probably like five or six games already so you might be a little bit further ahead in that sense so i think yeah, I you'll the, see a lot of the big name players there yeah and it gets the younger guys to get some more experience and some playing time before they actually play with their actual nhl team like a quentin byfield and uh lafaniere there i guess them that extra a little bit to go back and maybe tear it up a little bit more in the, in the world, in the tournament and then come to their respective teams and start off fresh and see what they can do. For sure. Um, last thing on hockey. Um, did you guys see this, uh, this ice resurfacer in, uh, it was Western New York. Um, it's driving in Olympia. It wasn't a Zamboni. It was an Olympia. Um, 
he's doing his lap and transmission must have blown because it starts leaking, you know, blood out the back. So he got, it's got the red, uh, the red fluid going onto the ice, catches fire, fully engulfed in flames. And the, and then the, the driver's still on there. He's, he gets a little bit of a lean, but he's, he's sticking in there and drives it off the ice. What a warrior. Did you guys see that? Well, that was- I'm, I'm assuming he didn't want to melt the ice, right? So he's like, I got to get this thing off of here. Drove it right into the garage and uh, got the extinguisher and just maybe some water and just started spraying the thing. You know, he must have felt a lot of pressure. There was a lot of people there. You could hear a lot of screaming in the background and everything, watching this happen. And he's just thinking, I got to save some people here and get this off the ice to the back somehow and hose it down, get get it under control. And then he then he probably had to go back out on the ice and clean up all that mess that's on the ice as well. There's a lot like, of kids there waiting hero. to get on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm pretty sure their skate was canceled. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, because sure. that was a massive mess on the ice. Not, not one person is going to do that all himself and then get them on the ice on time. Uh, anything else on the hockey front, boys, or are we ready to move on? I think that's pretty good. We can I move think that's on. Pretty, unless we want to talk Jake Allen again, I don't know. Kudo, you got anything new on the uh, Jake Allen front? Yes, I love Jake Allen. Okay. That's for Jeremy Hot Wheels. I know he's a little upset with me, apparently. All right. Well, let's let's get right into our uh, the NFL and uh, the most important story of the week. So we were into our our survivor pool. Two men entered, still standing. <laughs> so two two men entered, one man exited, carrying the Miami Dolphins to Survivor Pool Championship. <laughs> Congrats, Osk. Oh man, <laughs> Jones, how do you feel? Disappointed. It's the last time I ever trust Bill Belichick and the fucking New England Patriots. Oh. six week Survivor Pool. That's that's sad. I know, but I, I did avenge my uh, my loss in the survivor pool by uh, by wiping the floor with uh, with Kev in the uh, in a fantasy football league. So I'm okay. I'm still living a little bit of a high from that week, you know. Well, let's just say though the reason that you beat me is because you have Derrick Henry, who was beast mode to put up 43 points, uh, ran for 200 yards, two touchdowns, and the Titans win over the Houston Texans. Um, My question for you is, is it because I had Derrick Henry or because you had the red rifle starting at quarterback? Probably a little bit of both. Okay. Definitely a lot. Probably a lot of bit of both. I just wanted to make sure. But it doesn't matter. You can't take this away from me. I am the sole survivor. Congrats. I'm going to keep it rolling. I'm going to see how long I can survive on this island by myself. Um, week seven tweeted my pick out already. Who do you got? I'm, I'm on the Eagles Thursday night football. I'm taking the Eagles. Kudos. Should we start our own survivor pool? Yeah, I think we should start a new one without Kevin. Yeah. Do we want to start a loser pool? Yeah. Loser pool. Second chance chance pool. Yeah. For all the losers out there that are out just like the rest of us. 
Yeah, at least we were out like week one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Johnny Otwheels. Exactly. Johnny's going to hate me. <laughs> Who else went out that week? Jay Zell. How do you go out on week one? Like, you got every NFL team to pick from. Pick the Colts. (laughs) (laughs) Who would, like, I'm just saying. I don't know. Oh, no. So, Maddie Moneybags, a.k.a. Carmasco. Yeah. Yeah, Maddie Moneybags went out that week. Gosh. I don't know. I don't know if we could start a loser pool because I'd hate for those guys to go out in, like, week one again and then feel just. Feel even worse. Yeah, I feel even worse. Not only do they go week one of the actual survivor pool, but then in a loser pool, they go out week one again. Like, that would just be... Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be doing that to our listeners. <laughs> no. We should, we should try and build confidence. Uh, so, coming out of week six in the NFL, we've got three undefeated teams remaining. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks, who were on bye. Um, Steelers got the win. And Titans got the win in overtime. Um, so the Titans are set up for a battle in week seven with the undefeated Steelers. Uh, this is a rescheduled matchup from week four, week five, four, week four, when the Titans were on their, uh, COVID vacation. Um, so we're finally going to get that matchup. So you guys are welcome. It got pushed a couple weeks. We got to see a couple more undefeated teams go at it. Um, you're welcome. Um, what did you guys, did you guys watch the, the end of the Titans game? Did you guys see? Uh, I did not watch the end of the game. I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I did not see the end of the game. I caught a bit of the end there. Did you see the, um, social media story circulating about, uh, about my coach, Mike Vrabel, who seemingly made a ingenious move that may have won the the Titans the game. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, the Titans were, uh, the, the Texans were driving. They were in field goal range. They had a second and one uh, with just over three minutes left in the game. And Mike Vrabel sent out a 12th man onto the field. So he sent a guy out. Nobody came off. You can see the guy run out there. And then one the safety looks at him like, what the fuck are you doing? And, uh, and then he's like, coach sent me or something. So they take a 12th man on the field penalty, uh, on second and one gives them a, gives them a first down without, without running a play clock, clock stops, saves 40 seconds. Uh, Texans end up scoring a, a touchdown with, uh, about a minute 40 left, I want to say. Um, Titans go back the other way, score a touchdown to force overtime. And then they win it in, on the first drive in overtime. They march down and score another touchdown. So um, pretty brilliant coaching. And, and I want to add that the Texans, who are of, uh, interim head coach Romeo Cornell, they, for some stupid reason... Say. They went for two on that play, didn't they? They They were up by seven. They went for two to try to go up by nine instead of kicking the extra point to go up by eight, making the Titans march, get the touchdown, and and the convert. Didn't make any sense. They didn't convert, so the Titans got their touchdown to tie and then kick the field goal to or kick the extra point to force overtime. Yeah, because even if they went up nine, they could still have lost that game. No, if they're up nine, I think it was was going to be over. It, you can say it's over, right? Like, I get it, but they're 
still could go down, score a touchdown, recover an onside kick, and kick a field goal, and they win. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, but the reality of it is you're probably, you've probably closed the game out there, but it didn't, you know, why not put the onus on the other team to have to score twice instead of... Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know why you would even think of trying to go up nine. Like, two-point converts aren't as uh, converted as much as you would think. And I think... There's a a lot of analytics in the game these days and, like, where they say if you're down by... If you're down two touchdowns, you go for two after you score your first on the comeback. Um, I I don't... I, I guess because it gives you the chance to win the game and you can still tie the game on another convert the next time down. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of analytics that way, but I, I don't know how this would fit into analytics. Like it just didn't seem, you know, it was just like coach trying to fire up his team or something and made a stupid call. Yeah. That, that's the kind of thing that could write off the season for Houston. Well, I think their season was already pretty much written off. Well, they got a lot of problems in Houston. They got to get their shit well, together. They were a good team. Like, they were supposed to be – competing for the division you know they got off to a bad start because they had a tough schedule but they had they could have positioned themselves to run the table but now it's going to be a confidence issue with them. yeah i think there's going to be some yeah i think you might see some trades out of houston well they got no picks already yeah so you know they're a terrible team with no picks doesn't doesn't equal a lot of success uh, um any other what do you guys see in uh, in the rest of the week, do do the St. Louis or not St. Louis Los Angeles Rams suck? It's my question for you guys. Um, going into Sunday night, I would have said no, but after watching them play Sunday night, I will say yes, they suck, and I'm fucking pissed that I bet on them, and they owe me my money back. They uh, they're four and two, so you know you look at that record and you say hey pretty good record four and two and then you look and see who they've beaten and they've beaten the cowboys the giants the football team and the eagles all the shitty teams all the shitty teams <laughs> well cowboys the defense is shit four good wins yeah four four very good wing wins and then they lost to the 49ers and they've lost to the bills yeah the rams suck and that's all there's to it. And they're going to suck this week, too. Speaking of suck, did you guys see the Dallas Cowboys play on Monday night? Oh, uh, you mean the way their defense sucks? And then they couldn't fucking get a touchdown? Goddamn offense couldn't do shit. Andy Dalton, what the fuck? If your defense sucks and your offense sucks. We suck. You got a great special teams? Is that what, is that what you're going to fall back on? They got they got a lot there's of injuries. Goal, Cowboys have a lot of injuries. I'm really starting to believe that our season's over with Dax being out. Well, it's it's over. I thought they could like, you know You're gonna make the playoffs. You're gonna be six and six and ten and make the playoffs. But we're not yeah, gonna we survive might. after the fucking first round. Or the first no, game. We're not gonna win a game. But you're gonna get in. We're gonna probably get in, but we're not gonna survive. Uh, the Eagles are the only team that challenge. The Eagles scare, would scare me if I was the Cowboys because they're actually playing good football and losing to good opponents. Like they put up, they put up good games against the Steelers and the Ravens the last two weeks. Um, so 
Yeah, and they don't have... The thing that you take home with a smile is that they didn't win either of those games. Uh, but they're, you know, they're those they're in competitive games against those and, those teams. That's the, that's the scary team for the Cowboys. And the Eagles don't have nearly as many injuries as the Cowboys do. No, but it, they don't have nearly as many excuses either. No, I'm just saying, it's pretty hard when your whole starting offensive line is hurt. Like, did you hear that? Uh, the anonymous players were are now challenging Mike McCarthy that he's you know the coaching staff isn't prepared for games and they're yeah I've heard some stuff like that come out yeah It'd be very interesting to see hear hear who it's from coming from but are you guys clamoring for Jason Garrett to come back yet no 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 it wouldn't be any different I think we need Jason Witten to come back and fucking be like a coach or something a player coach or something. He's still he's dominating for the, the Raiders right now. I don't yeah. think he's even makes like I think he makes one catch a game. He barely plays. Yeah, but it's the biggest play of the game. Gruden knows he's like, okay, I need a big catch. Witten, get out there. I need that. I need that five four uh, burst of yours on this one play here. Catch this shitty throw from Derek Carr. Drag your feet and uh, get us the first down. And uh, and he goes out and does it. No, they want him to run down the field with his helmet off, right? Yeah, that's right. Why did you do that? You didn't see that. Well, it was a while ago, but he freaking... He's a beast. Made a catch, got hit, helmet popped off, and I think he ran like 15, 20 yards down the field with no helmet on with guys trying to just attack him. Yeah, he kept going. He's an animal. Yeah, that was with the, uh, that was with the Cowboys, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Anything else you guys saw in, in football that's worth uh, worth mentioning here? Uh, nope. Well, Green Bay Packers losing to, uh, well, Tampa Bay. Well, they got fucking shit kicked. I, I think I had Green Bay winning that game, and they got shit kicked. I definitely did. That was one of my rare things. It was not pretty. Yeah, the Green Bay Packers. It seems like, uh, Tampa Bay's got it rolling right now, and Tom's looking decent. Until he's not. Yeah. Well, until, until later he- on in the season where he feels old again and tired. Yeah, he- he had one game where he came back to his youth and then he's going to get old again and throw a couple more picks and think it's, they think they get a fifth down and it's just, just going to go back to being <laughs> old Tom. He's still good though. You got to give him that. All right. Um, did you guys see big brother? Of course. Down to the final four. Um, last week, uh, they did that balance beam competition for the head of household uh, oh, yeah. Nicole ended up taking it home after both Christmas and Memphis um, knocked a ball out of their basket late in the uh, the competition. Uh, so Nicole won head of household. Uh, she nominated Christmas and Memphis. Yeah. Yep. Um, there's only five left, so everybody played in the veto. Um, I don't – oh, the veto was the comic, comic book, book one. Uh, comic book one. Um, for some reason, Nicole dominated everybody in that. I, I don't know how. I feel like she won by like four or five minutes. Yeah. She, uh, she beat Cody by like three, but she beat everybody else by like 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like she dominated it. So Nicole won HOH. She won the veto. Uh, so she had full control of the week. Um, Memphis and Christmas were on the block. Cody and Enzo were kind of on the fence on who to vote out. 
Uh, ultimately, they decided to evict Memphis. Uh, fun fact, this is the first time that Memphis was on the block in his two seasons of Big Brother. Uh, so he played the full season. He went to the final two, didn't win, lost to uh, Dan. Uh, Dan the Mastermind. And then this this time, this was the first time he was uh, on the block all season and the first time he's ever been evicted from Big Brother. So um, could be played as a big move for Nicole. Could be a, a resume a resume move for her. Everybody that's left has been late in the game, though. I don't think anybody that's still there has ever been evicted other than Nicole on her first season. And I don't even recall when she got evicted. I, I know she didn't win, but I don't know, you know, how far she made it. So um, it's interesting because Enzo was clipped on. He was the third to go. He didn't get to the final chairs, I don't think, but he was there on finale night. Yeah, he was in the final three. Christmas was the same thing. Um, she got clipped in the final three. Um, and then Cody took uh, Derek yep. in the final two, and, and Derek beat him. So. Yep. Um, like that was the stupidest move he could have did in that season. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm sure in retrospect, but I don't know that he, I, I think he thought that, you know, the loyalty game and went into the comps was going to be enough for him. But um, Derek's social game was so much better. Which is, uh, Cody kind of had the same thing going on now with Enzo, I feel like. Well, Enzo did the same thing the first time. His social game was was amazing. Yeah. But then he didn't want any comps, and then they clipped him because he had such good relationships uh, with the jury. Yeah, uh, he was kind of the expendable one when they got to the, the. It was there was the one guy that did all the dirty work that everybody hated. There was Hayden that won the competition, and then uh, and then Enzo. So they they clipped Enzo to go. So, so the guy got an easy win because everybody hated the other guy. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, yeah, we're down to the final four. Um, the winner of this HOH gets to the final three. Winner of the veto essentially decides the fate, unless the HOH does, then he decides who stays off the block, and then whoever's not on the block decides who goes home, picks the final three, and then uh, we get the three HOH contests for the... Uh, for the last eviction. So. Um, anything else you guys want to add on the big brother front? I was just looking. Um, Nicole, she got evicted um, when there was eight people or nine people left and then came back in a battle back and then was evicted in the a vote of four to nothing. So she was the... In the final five? Or seven? Final seven. Final seven. She was seventh, seven. yeah. So she was jury, then won a battle back, and then back into the jury. Just seventh person evicted, fifth member of the jury. She's been evicted twice. Nobody else has been evicted. Yeah, they don't know the feeling, really. Yeah. I guess they've been evicted right at the end. Yeah. But not, never been to jury. All right. Um, should we get into our rare stakes? Uh, I think we shall. How did you guys do last week? Uh, pretty good. I went three and one again. Look at Kudo, just the three and one master. I know. I can't get that fourth win to make it four and zero. Oh. I was one and three. Was, uh, I was two and two. And you know why? It was because of goddamn Rams. Never bet on the Rams, man. They fucked me over last week. I had the Packers, 
And then I had Auburn. Auburn fucked me so hard. I don't even know how they lose to fucking South Carolina. <laughs> well, what do you guys got for this week? Let's you lead it off, Kudo. I'm leading winner. it off. All right. Winner goes. So with my uh, rare stakes of the week, of course, I'm sticking with my spread picks, and I'm taking the Saints at a minus seven against the Panthers, and then I'm taking the Seahawks at a minus three point five, and they're against the Cardinals, and then I'm going to take Tampa Bay at a minus three against the Raiders. And then because of the Rams being fucking a shitty team, I am taking the Bears at a plus six against the Rams. And those are my rare stakes. I like it. Jones, you want to go or are you still working on yours? Uh, I can go. I'm ready to go. So rough week last week in the over-under, so going to switch it up this week. Go a little point spread. Got a boy. Uh, Pop the bandwagon. Take the Green Bay Packers minus three and a half over the Houston Texans. I'm going to take the KC Kansas City Chiefs at a minus nine and a half over the Denver Broncos. I am going to go with Kudo and take the Bears plus six on the road um, against the Rams. And I'm going to go to the Battle of the Undefeated. And I am going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus one over the Tennessee Titans. Oh, I did not want to touch that game. Hey, I don't know. Pittsburgh's playing some good football, got a good defense. See what happens. They got the Canadian boy too. Give it up to Canada. All right, guys. So for mine, I've got a few. I've got actually all different ones than you guys have. I got the Seahawks minus three and a half over the Cardinals. Uh, That's playing paying plus 100 right now. So Seahawks minus three and a half. I've got the Atlanta Falcons at home over the Detroit Lions minus two and a half. So Falcons minus two and a half. I've got the Las Vegas Raiders at home plus three and a half points against the Buccaneers. Um, could be a trap, but the the Raiders have been uh, a big game team, so I'm going to take them. Uh, I think it's the Sunday nighter, anyways, as sure well. Is. So yes, it is. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Raiders and the points. That's a head to head, head to head with us. You guys have the Bucks? No, uh, who do I have I, the Bucks? I got the Bucks. Oh, beauty! What are we betting? I don't know. What are we betting? I think you still owe me beers. All right, we'll put another we'll put another six pack. All right, cool. Make it a twelve pack. All right, um, and then I've got the San Francisco 49ers. At the New England Patriots, I've got the 49ers money line. Calling my shot with the 49ers over the Patriots. I thought you were going to take the football team. Yeah, you were talking about the football team. You said you were going to take the football team. I was leaning towards the football team. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't go that game. Um, My bonus pick of the week, this doesn't count towards standings. Bonus pick, um, Kentucky minus five and a half at Missouri. Uh, I really like that game in the NCAA. There you go. Is that the Saturday afternoon game? It is. Four o'clock start. Oh, four o'clock. All right. I'm going to have to check that one out then to see how you do on this bonus. Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we close this uh, thing out? No, we've bored the people enough. All righty then. <laughs> well, once again, thanks everyone for joining us for our 21st episode. We really appreciate all the love and support. 
please give us a follow at, on Instagram at Into Sports and Stuff. And on Twitter at Into Sports Stuff. Feel free to send us your personal picks of the week and let us know any topics you want us to talk about on the show. Check out T Public and Me Undies in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, uh, recommend, forward, retweet, repost. What do, you, what do you do on Instagram? I'm not on that one. I'm not cool enough. Um, whatever you guys do, please please share and keep uh, passing the message along. We appreciate all the love and support. See you next week, and we'll get into sports and stuff. Producer Pat, hit the music. Bye.